Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading episode 9 of the Bullpen Cart. Had Greg on this week as Matt had a work obligation. And uh, we had a great chat talking about week 3 of the Major League Baseball season. Talked a little playoff talk as the NBA playoffs are in the midst of round 1. And the NHL playoffs are wrapping up round 1. So we gave a little preview to round 2 there. As always, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We're getting a lot of feedback here, and if you do have any, please let us know, as well as any Bleacher Creatures, Stadium Snacks, beers you want us to talk about. Send it over our way on social media, but enjoy Episode 9. Thanks again. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Bullpen Cart. I am, of course, the G-Man. Matty D has a work engagement, so with me is the man, the myth, the legend, the original co-host, and... Always a recurring guest, Greg Biatelli. Greg, how are you doing? You know, Tony, to describe your intros as things of legend are it's just an understatement. Yeah? You know? You, you, you got it in depth. Um, I try. I, I mean, this is the third appearance on the podcast. I'm pretty excited for it, not going to lie. Yeah, you're, uh, you're batting 333 in terms of episodes. You know, I mean... Uh, I'm also a regular listener. I even listened to the episode of uh, the Simpsons episode, despite not really uh, watching the Simpsons. Yeah, that really yeah ever. yeah. A little plug in for the special episode, the Bingeing Pod, which will be something that Matt and I will explore a various different topics. One that's being thrown around is one that Greg and I personally love. And that's the Mighty Ducks. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a a fun weekend and fun. Fun binge and pod, but go check out the Simpsons one. Let me know what you think of that if you're a Simpsons fan. But let's uh, let's talk a little baseball, Greg. What have you thought about the first couple weeks of the season? End of week three. So what do you think? I mean, you know, baseball is such a tough sport because it's such a long season. It's hard to predict things based on the first three weeks. But, you know, you certainly have your surprises, um, you know, whether you go out uh, – the National League with Colorado leading the West. Um, you know, I can't say that many people saw that. If I remember correctly, you yourself picked the Dodgers and the Giants to be atop that division. Yep. Um, if I'm remembering the NL West pod. So, you know, that's a big surprise for me to start. Um, the Cubs have a championship hangover. No surprise there. Pitchers look a little tired. And, uh, you know, round out the National League here, Miami Marlins. You know, I picked them. I picked them not doing great this year, and they've certainly surprised me as well as I'm sure most other people. Um, American League, you know, sort of shaping up the way everyone thought it would. Uh, yeah, at least is not me. I'd Seattle doing well. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. The AL East is the AL East. Everyone's good. Toronto's a terrible start, but everyone else is 500 or better. Uh, you know, Central. You know, Kansas City is. Slow starting again this year, um, but that division is so tight that, you know, it's going to come down to it. Yeah. In the West, I mean, you had Texas, you know, you had Seattle. They're both not doing great. Houston, obviously, is the team to beat they were last year, and I think uh, it's going to be that way again this year. But, yeah, I mean, I was after listening to your podcast about Seattle, I really thought they would do well, and I'm sure that's a surprise I me, still but, think they'll uh, do well. But they're, they need to pick it up. <laughs> well, no, that's 
just, you know, that's just my early season, um, you know, recap to this point. And, and, you know, the Red Sox, on a personal level, you know, don't want to get into the Red Sox specifically, but, uh, you know, they they balance some injuries and they're given the uh, Chris Sale their biggest acquisition. They're giving them zero run support. So, uh, yeah, not, not really much you can say about that. Yeah, they, they can pick it up. I mean, they have the Mook band starting to get it together. Yeah, he just got back from injury and as is Bradley Jr. As is Andy. Andy's having a good season. Not to jump into the minor leaguers. And it's Andy. Ben Attendee is a pressure. He had, uh, I think it was 5 for 5 tonight or something like that. He something like that, yeah. He's killing it. Yeah. It hasn't been in second or third, which I thought was a little uh, strange to stuck the heart, but I guess that's why I'm not a manager, right? Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. What about you? What do you think? Since uh, your last week solo pod, which was great, by the way. Well, solo pod was two weeks ago. Me and Matty D but, had, a, had the return of the king after his, yeah, yeah, yeah. After his absence. Good. First couple weeks, but I think yeah, kind of jumping in into my hot and cold teams. I think the first couple weeks, like you were saying, it's hard to really predict out of it. I mean, you had the Reds with their great start and they're starting to cool off, and you saw that last year where they really jumped out. I think I think they were like seven and zero to start the season. Uh, the Rockies also kind of in the same boat as they were last year. They don't have the rookie shortstop. Because uh, he's a sophomore now, but they don't have the Trevor Story story nice. that's really projecting them like like it was a year ago with his what was it like seven home runs in ten games to start his career. Uh, yeah, remember that? Yeah. yeah. But he but they were doing really they were doing really well to start the season, and it's you have to doesn't wonder. Play every game doesn't play every game at home, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> The one thing I think is is crazy is the Diamondbacks, who have the most runs scored in baseball. They're the only team that's hit 100 runs in three weeks of play. A lot of teams are, are at 90, which the Cubs aren't one, but a lot of teams are in the 90s in terms of runs scored. And their pitching's getting it together a little bit. They have a plus-22 run differential. Granke, I think, is starting to settle in, and I think... I'm probably going to pick them as my team, my hot team of the week. Could be the Rockies. It could easily be the Washington Nationals, who have won six in a row. Could be the Phillies, four in a row. But I think I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks just because of the fact that I didn't think that pitching staff would be doing as well as they are right now. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, they're eight. Two at home, so certainly they love playing in that ballpark out there. But, uh, you know, when their pitching staff comes on, which is supposed to be their, you know, their bread and butter, the 100 runs, like you said, is a great feat for that team uh, to start out the year. My last team, actually, is uh, the Houston Astros. 8-2 mm. in their last 10 games, Jordy. Yeah, Houston, uh, they are doing pretty well. I think they have one of the better stats so far that we've seen. Um, they've only allowed 68 runs, that plus 14 run differential, which I think is really, really crucial. It's the best in that division. It might be. No, it's not. The Yankees are the best in the American League. Uh, but I definitely think they're, like you said, they're the team to beat so far. Uh, the team that, that's right behind them, the Oakland A's, I don't really see sticking around for too much longer in second place. But I think if the Astros can keep this going, I think that 
it could be a uh, a quick way to not lose the division in April because you hear that saying all the time. You don't win it in April, but you certainly can lose it then. Right, and I mean even going. That's a great point, and even going further into the American League, since uh, you know it's good that you have the National League bias and not the American League bias. Uh, Baltimore Orioles and New York Yankees both riding you know pretty extensive uh, win streaks on their own. You know the Yankees have are eight and one right now at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, you know, that's a not good on not the, no <laughs> not good on the road, but that's part of having them, so many young guys. But yeah. eight and one at home. It has to be the best in the major leagues at this point. Obviously, I don't have that in front of me, but I think it is. You know, I'm looking at it now. For me, Greg, one time, be prepared. <laughs> no, I got it. They're the, they're the best best at home so far. Perfect. Uh, yeah, and, and like you said, you know, they're definitely putting up the runs and pitching is the the great equalizer. And right now, their pitching is doing decently. But um, yeah, I definitely think. Houston's uh, not for me the hot team of the week. Yeah, I, I would think that's a, that's a great pick. Um, the Yankees, that pitching that you and I were so critical of to start to start the season has been on for certain. Luis Severino doing really well. I've picked him up a couple times on DraftKings and has done very well for me. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's been their key, and I think that and Aaron I mean, Judge. Um, I mean, CC Savannah is you know shades of old CC. You know, he's what got a. One four ERA or something like that. One five ERA. Yeah, three, something. Three star. Something like so, that. You know, he's he's killing it, and um, you know, he he it wasn't bad last year either. You know, he was in the Cy Young voting as well, and yeah. you know, obviously everyone thinks the Yankees down because the Yankees were down, but um, and he's lost some some speed on that old fastball, but uh, he's certainly certainly still a elite pitcher, and uh, you know, just goes back. Uh, how right I was about the Yankees and how uh, you doubted me, but you know, we can get into that later on in the yeah. book. Yeah, we can jump into that a little bit. Let's, uh, let's cover cold teams. Uh, Greg, who do you got for the cold team of the week? Um, so, the big cold team for me, um, you know, it's a team that showed some promise in the beginning was the Los Angeles Angels, but uh, recently are, they've been 2-8 and eight in the last 10. Yeah. And, you know, they started out really well and, and, you know, had some success, but, you know, losing, you know, or having two of eight in the last, uh, the last 10, yeah. The last 10 is not great. And, and, you know, losing two out of three or two out of three, I think, to Toronto is uh, never a good sight. No, certainly not. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they've been that okay at home, but they've been atrocious on the road. They're three and eight. Uh, you know, away from El Bay of California, of America, nice. which America, North America. Um, but they're, I mean, their patience shit. They lost Garrett Richards again, which was sort of my big, big swing X factor, if you will. I used try to use a lot of different adages, but that's but losing him, who a couple of years ago was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's never been. He's never been able to recover. He missed a year. Uh, I just think that pitching staff is starting to dwindle, and it's tough for them to match what the rest of the division can bring, especially if Seattle starts to turn it around. Um, and you know, the big tough part too is that you know they they're locked into some of these contracts for some of these old guys who aren't going to bring anything to them, and and you know you hate to see Trout. 
you know, goes back to what we talked about before, but, you know, can an MVP really be on a losing team? Yeah. And, you know, obviously the baseball writers or whoever voted for the MVP last year thought that could happen, but, um, you know, that's a different discussion for a different time. But, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely my cool team of the week. Um, far, you know, I looked at both. I looked at both National League and American League, so don't uh, hold that against me. But definitely, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for me. That that's not a bad pick at all. Mine's going to be the Twins. Uh, they had that youth, uh, let's call it beginners luck to start the season, but they're three and seven in the last ten games. They have they still have the bats there, but they're not. Uh, they're just not pitching as well, I think. But they're not playing very well at home. They've had 12 games at Target Field so far, and they're 5-7, and seven, which I think they're right in a two-game losing streak, if you want to call that a streak right now. And I think that's that's certainly tough to continue riding. Um, Iron Buxton hadn't been doing very well. I don't think he's still doing very well. Uh, so that's my Colt team, uh, and I, I think it'll be tough. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I like that pick. Um, you know, it's it's <laughs> Minnesota in April. You know, it's got to be freezing up there. But um, yeah, ball's not traveling very far. <laughs> you're right. Playing that many, you know, it never made sense to me. Major League Baseball does this all the time. You know, the Red Sox will play a home series against the Rays in April and then play a road series in in uh, August. You know, it never yeah. makes sense because. They had the demo in obviously Florida, but still, like that's yeah. the crazy part. Um, you know, like you said, twelve games already uh, and six on the road, so you know half their games more than sorry they doubled the amount of home games versus road yeah. games and in April. So you know that's uh, wild, wild times. Um, What's your yeah, sec- sorry? Go ahead. Uh, quickly, I was going to ask because we you kind of alluded to it, but at least in the NL East. It's a lot of interdivision play. Is it that way too with the with the Red Sox? Have you noticed? I mean, not really. They, um, you know, they they played Pittsburgh they play, this weekend. Or no, 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 they, they, they played Baltimore. They played Baltimore this weekend. The Yankees played, played Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh before that. They, um, they played Pittsburgh twice. Yeah. Yeah, and they did. They had a they had the game rained out, so it made up. They made up for during the week. But, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That was uh, uh the reason why I asked is the Phillies have already played both the Mets and Nationals twice. And yeah, no, so I mean the Red Sox I mean they haven't even played the Yankees yet. I'm yeah. playing them this week. Uh, um you know, they are let's see here. You know, they they've they played they played the Tigers, uh they played the Orioles twice, the Blue Jays and the Rays. I mean they haven't played the Yankees but uh, um, other than that, you know, it's been the Pirates, Tigers, Orioles, Rays, and Blazers. Yeah, so yeah, no, they have not as much as as the NLEs certainly, but um, you know, they got the Yankees followed by the Cubs, so that's a good little week coming up the Red Sox. That is a nice little week. The reason why I said or asked is the the broadcasters of the Phillies game today were talking about how the Braves play their first like thirty four games in division, something like that. Like, the entire month of April for them is the NL East. And we noticed that with the Phillies, they had, Matt and I did last week, they play a tremendous amount of games against the NL East, a lot of repeat matchups. So I just thought that was weird. I mean, the schedule can always be weird like that. An issue with other sports, too, but I just thought that was particularly interesting that the entire division gets at least a third of its interdivisional play done in April, 
when you know arms are still warming up, bats are still getting hot. Yeah, and especially when they're putting such a premium on winning division now with the wild card game and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's it's really awards those teams that win division. But yeah, uh, I mean, baseball playoffs are small anyway, so only four teams or now five teams getting in. But um, you know, winning a division is such a huge feat, and like you said, to start against your division rivals. The teams that know you best, you know, for the whole month of April when everyone's getting warmed up, like you were talking about, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle from there because, you know, teams can really have their confidence shook early on, um, case in point with the Royals last year, but... Yeah. Yeah, you no, never know. No, that's, but that's, uh, that's all I wanted to get. Were you saying you had a second cold team you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's hard not to say Atlanta has lost six in a row. Woo! Um, you know, it's really the Atlanta's lost six in a row and the Royals lost four in a row. Yeah. It's hard not to put those teams on the cold teams of the week. Um, but Atlanta, we didn't think was going to be great to begin with. Um, Kansas City, obviously, is a little, a little bit of a surprise and they've certainly played themselves uh, down in the standings a little bit in such a tough AL Central. But yeah. again, I'm sticking with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, neither neither of those teams are uh, are bad picks. The Royals don't have an offense, so I mean it's it's hard to win when you don't score. As cliche as that is, since it sounds like uh, our our good friend from third hockey, Chris Minaldi, you need to score more than they do to win. <laughs> what um did Salvador Perez did he miss any time? I don't know, actually. That's a, that's a good question. But the Braves, too, they were talking about this today, uh, which now that I see their actual stats, the Braves have played a lot of one-run and close games, but they still have been blown out a number of times. They're like minus 20 on the year. So, I mean, wow. yeah, it's that's tough. I mean, I haven't really seen their stats in their new ballpark, but it's certainly something where they're – Pitching is either super old or it's young. Um, aside from really Julio Teheran, Teheran, how you pronounce his last name, but it's um, yeah, Teheran. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> use use that rolled tongue. But um, yeah, it doesn't look like to answer your question. It doesn't look like Salvador Perez missed any time. But he, but the Braves are a team that are so young and. They have these, again, but they, they're young, but they have these older players within the heart of their lineup that they're either going to play really well, that they all click, or it's going to be tough for them all to put it together. Right. And I saw that last night. I was at the game. Real thriller. Little 10-inning baseball. But it was that where Matt Kemp got it going, Brandon Phillips got it going, and that's how they came back to force extras. Like, Dansby Swanson couldn't really get it going, um, and the, the rest of that younger side of the lineup wasn't, and thankfully the Phillies did, and they pulled out the game, despite even letting up a run at the start of the 10th inning, which we'll, we'll talk to, we'll talk about in a second, but that Braves team needs to, everybody needs to be on the same page, I think, and it, it'll pay off for them eventually, because I think that experience will feed into the young players, but it, right now yeah. it's, it's tough. And, you know, they got a guy like Freddie Freeman who, you know, has gotten off to a great start, you know, statistically and numbers-wise, and obviously the power's always been there with him, but, you know, you would think that they'd 
that young talent around around a guy who you know is hitting 380 and, and you know seven home runs. Do you think that they would be able to do those things? Um, you know, I remember the Red Sox being so young last year, and I guess even the Phillies. You know, they're, they're, they, you see both teams. You know, the Red Sox yeah. had David Ortiz. The Red Sox had David Ortiz for a line last year as a young team, and the Phillies had Ryan Howard, who was non-existent. So you know, it's yeah, they, exactly. That's a great. That's a great having, point. Yeah, so having that veteran leadership, like a Freddie Freeman, who is not that old, but still, you know, having that leadership of someone who's older and doing well. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure the young talent will pick it up and stick together there in Atlanta, but but uh, yeah, I think that's a big premium is having that veteran guy who can lead the clubhouse. Yeah, the Phillies did have Chooch, Carlos Ruiz still there, but yeah. he but it has the the catching is really just temporary right now with Andy Knapp and and uh, Cameron Rupp. But let's uh, let's move on to some player awards. Let's yeah. uh, let's give our Roy Hobbs. Our MVP. I, I want to think you and I probably have the same same player for MVP of the week. But Greg, I'll let you start. Who do you got for most valuable player of the week? So are we doing National League and American League, or just overall? Because uh, we did overall. We can do both, though, if you want. I mean, if I, if you don't mind, I mean, that's how they do it. I mean, I did all the research for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me give me an L and AL. I think I know your NL. Uh, what do you think it is? I mean, the dude's batting almost 600 on the week. Bryce Harper? So I, I was thinking about Bryce. Um, oh. But you want me to pick someone else, don't you? Yeah. Oh, no, so, who you got? Is that Bryce? No, it's not. All right, let's hear it. So Eric Thames. Oh, yeah, great pick. Milwaukee. Yeah, from Milwaukee. Dude so, kills the ball. Absolutely kills it. You know, he's got... Eight home runs this year. He's batting three fifty nine. Yeah. Uh, uh, last seven days, he's averaging three sixty. So, um, you know, with with uh, two double or three doubles and three home runs. So, in seven walks, I mean, this guy just gets on base. Yeah. Just he just he's crushing the ball, ripping the cover off of it. Um, you know, I was a little surprised based on his career numbers that he has eight home runs already. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's. <laughs> you, he, he, for me, he's for me. He would have to be my uh, this week's MLB or National League MVP. Who's yours? Well, mine is Bryce Harper, who also has seven walks in the last seven days. He has five home runs, twelve RBIs, and he didn't play as Mrs. Bank Park, which is we've talked about before. Dude, fucking kills the ball at CBP. But he's bat that equates out to a batting average of 571 and on base percentage of 679, and with his four doubles, gives him a 1476 slugging percentage for an OPS over 2,000. Guy tearing the cover off the ball. The Nationals, as I alluded to, have won six in a row. They could start pulling away, or quote pulling away if. The Miami Marlins and the Phillies kind of shuffle around and the Mets don't get it together soon. The Nationals could have a, a large bleed, large lead for themselves to blow eventually. Five and as, as we said this, the Washington Capitals have just won their division, it looks like. Or not their division, their series. So they didn't blow, they didn't, they didn't blow a first-round series. <laughs> but we'll... Uh, 
we'll come it's back true. to them in a little bit. We uh, we might have a little, another some more thoughts on it. But Greg, you said you had an NL or an AL MVP of the week. Um. Yeah. So it's it's it's. I don't want to say bias, but my boy Craig Kimball leading the major league, Ooh. leading the American League in saves, seven saves on the year. Um, you know, last seven days he uh, pretty good. Yeah. Strikeouts, four innings pitch, not bad. Um, but. I had to throw the Red Sox guy in there because the real MVP that I think, uh, unfortunately, that I don't want to say, but I'm going to have to say is uh, Sterling Castro. Yeah, he's doing well. Last seven games is four, three, five. Uh, you know, seven RBIs. You know, he's just this year alone. He's he's crushing it for the Yankees, and yeah. certainly, uh, you know, certainly him and Judge. Sort of that big combo that they have there is uh, doing well for them, and especially with Gary uh, Sanchez. They, they, sorry, go ahead. I said especially with Gary Sanchez being hurt. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know they've what are they seven and three in the last ten games, and you know yeah. he's a big reason why it's uh, you know they're on a little uh, I think it's five game win streak, whatever. It um, was. They lost today. Oh, oh that'll do it. But. You know, 435 last seven days is pretty good, and uh, the seven RBIs certainly certainly helps the team win. So I did throw the Red Sox pretty terrible in there just for that reason, but uh, Sterling Castro would have to be my AL MVP. Are you giving us a little hint of who your Billy Chapel is of the week by throwing Kay Kimbrell, Kimbrell into the, the Roy Hobbs? <laughs> you got to keep the uh, pod listener guessing. All right, man. On their toes. I, I'm just I'm doing the math. It adds up. But my AL MVP of the week, my AL Roy Hobbs, is going to be – I'm going to keep it out of the division. I was going to pick someone in the division, but I'm going to pick Michael Brantley, the Cleveland Indians. Bad at 400 on the week, two stolen bases, two homers, a couple walks, struck out four times, which is a little more than I'd like to see, but there's some other guys that had the same – same or better hitting and had 10 strikeouts, one of whom plays for the Philadelphia Phillies, so I won't mention his name. But um, <laughs> I think he's had a pretty solid season so far. The Indians are are right where they want to be in terms of their record, and I think Brantley is a big part of that. And they're getting Kipnis back. He just came off the DL. He played Friday and Saturday, didn't play today. He got the day off. But uh, I think the Indians are starting to trend in the right direction. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But let's move on to the Billy Chapel, the Cy Young of the week, if you will, mm. the pitchers. We'll, uh, we'll do it division by division. Greg, I think we, we'll start right in the American League. I think we know who yours is. Is it Craig, is it Craig Kimbrell? It's actually not. It's Chris Sale. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> my man. Um, you know, I went back and forth between Chris Sale and Jason Vargas. Okay. Um. You know, Jason, I mean, it's tough because, you know, seven days, uh, both these guys only pitch once. But, um, you know, they both went seven, eight innings, four hits. Barney's got four hits. Gave him four hits, nine strikeouts, no runs. Uh, Chris Sale, similar. He went eight innings, four hits, 13 strikeouts. Um, You know, I watched the the Chris Sale game. This is why I gave it to him in the end uh, because – 
you know, it, he really was dominant and he should deserve the win, but Kimbrough actually blew the save. Um, and Kimbrough, yeah, he got the win, right? Getting the win because, yeah, he got the win because he blew the save and then yeah. turned around and they won it. Um, but, you know, Chris Hill, you know, has gotten zero run score from the Red Sox all season. Um, you know, they won in his, in his, uh, four starts this year. The team, he, he's only gotten two decisions in four starts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've won three out of four of those starts. But, you know, the first game, he let up one run. The next game, let up one run. The game he lost, he let up one run. And then uh, this last one, he let up zero. So, you know, he's he's definitely killing it. Definitely, or flip those, sorry. Uh, definitely doing really well recently. And, uh, you know, he deserves to be... Recognized, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There's another guy that's not getting any run support. He's not my pitcher of the week. He's close. Yeah. But that is Ian Kennedy of the Royals. We mentioned uh, yeah. they don't score any runs. In 15 yeah. innings this week, he only let up one run. It was earned. He only he has a whip of .73, but he's not my pitcher of the week. No. I'm going with the guy that you and Stevie G gave me a lot of crap for picking as a, a Cy Young candidate. <laughs> Carlos Carrasco, also of the Cleveland Indians, yeah. is doing real well. 14 and, 14 and two-thirds of, of work. He's only let up two runs. He got a win, and he got a loss, Greg. And he got a <laughs> loss. The Indians need to start or they're starting to turn it around. But that's awesome. He's doing well. And yeah. I, and I'm feeling a little, uh, a little confident about my picks. You're feeling confident about yours. I'm feeling confident about mine. You know, so that's <laughs> that's my guy. I think the Indians. I'm still bullish on them. I really like Kipnis. I also very much like Carrasco. Got them both on one of my fan, or one on one fantasy team, one on the other. But that, those are those are my guys, at least for the American yeah. League. Let's move over to the NL. Who do you got? So it's just tougher for me, um, you know. Not really the, that that dominant pitching. Uh, we haven't seen that so far yet nah, in the really. league in terms of starting pitchers that we expected to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are guys who are doing really well, and there are guys that um, you know started out decently. But uh, this week in particular was a tough one. Um, I was thinking about giving it to Greg Holland, the pitcher or the closer for the Rockies, just because. You know, as, we, as you and I talked about, the Rockies are a big team, big surprise team so far. And, uh, you know, but he, you know, recently just gave up uh, two runs. So, um, you know, I, I went to the other team that you had picked that's hot right now, uh, the the good old Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, the D-backs? Fernando Rodney. The D-backs, Jesus. Yeah, they're, they're closer, Fernando Rodney over there. Uh, three innings pitch, one hit, four strikeouts, and zero earned runs this week. Um, there you go. Yeah, you know he struggled in the beginning of the year. Uh, his ERA is a little high for the year, but he certainly has hit a groove this week. And uh, you know, nothing like a good week to uh, turn things around for him. Settle the nerves. <laughs> I mean. I don't want to say he uh, came from American League East, but uh, uh, that did not sway my opinion. But, um, you know, I figured if the starters weren't getting it done, I looked to the closers to see what they were doing. And, uh, you know, Chase Anderson, like I said, I mean, not Chase Anderson, sorry. 
Uh, Greg Holland, the Colorado closer, uh, certainly is doing well. Yeah. But, uh, I had to give it Fernando Rodney for the week. Yeah, no, 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 it's not a bad pick at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray, is, he did really well for the Diamondbacks this week. Well, being a very relative term. He got a, one decision, he got a win. But at the same time, he let up a ton of runs. Um, so that, that offense is grooving right now. That's why they're able to stay up there. Um, go, my guy, I'm going to have to go with. He's given a lot of innings of work. Not a ton of strikeouts, but that's not necessarily what you need to see. Uh, it's Lance Lynn. He's only let up one run in 13 innings of work, two wins. Not a ton of hits or walks. He has a whip of .69 in the last seven days. Got to be up there for starters in both leagues, um, and and that's nice to see. Lance Lynn has, has been up and down to say the least for the Cardinals and some injuries, and it's 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 nice to see him there. Another guy I was thinking about was Dan Straley of the Marlins, but really it's just because he had a ton of strikeouts, but he hasn't really he's only pitched twelve innings, so that's not really the best. A lot of two runs, uh, but. Not really, not really there. So Lancelin is my guy. Nice, big fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, National League's tough. It's 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 been a it's been a wild ride for the National League to start the year. I definitely think. Yeah, I would say so. I think that's a good uh, good way to look at it. <laughs> but let's uh, let's move on to the Henry Goldgarners, our rookies of the week. And do you have one for each league, or do you just have one? Yeah, well, we can start with the American League. Okay. What do you got? Unless you have, unless you have multiple. Well, no, let's uh, let's hear who you got. All right. Um. So I didn't know. Aaron Judge technically counts as a rookie, right? He does. All right. Uh, he's my guy. Uh, you know, he's three thirty-three in the last seven games, but yep. um, still hitting dingers. What? Still hits the dinger. Yeah. He's, Three home runs, six RBIs, and uh, two walks. You know, for the year we already talked about it a little bit, but you know, he's two seventy nine, um, and certainly, certainly, has started out really well for the Yankees. And um, I just think this week with Benintendi out, um, <laughs> even though he's back now and uh, crushed it tonight. Hey, Benintendi, um, I think Judge uh, turns around and gets the award this week. It's a good pick. I um I'm gonna go in the American League. Even though he strikes out a ton, gets on base really well. As a, has a couple home runs to his name as well. That's Mitch Haniger of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, really one of the only bright spots of that team so far. But on the year he's three three twenty one four thirty on base percentage five ninety slugging percentage. Strikes out a lot. He has twenty strikeouts, and that's something you'd want to see get calmed down, but he has 13 walks, so it's a decent ratio, um, but he uh, certainly a bright star for that struggling Mariners team. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and, you know, he certainly is doing well, and, and, and you know, I heard you uh, give a lot, of, a lot of love to uh, Benatelli last week, and you don't want to give the same, uh, same award to the same guy twice, but uh, yeah, he had a good week too. Yeah, I mean, he did, but no, I certainly certainly like your pick there, and uh, you know that's I'm a fan of what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, NL, who you got? 
Um, you know, well, let me hear yours first, and then then I'll give you mine, and, and we can uh, we can compare it from there. We can compare notes. Okay, I got Manny Pena, the catcher from the Milwaukee Brewers. Bats really well, but he's on a an interesting lineup. So the the numbers outside of his batting average aren't tremendously high, um, but he also he's only played in a, in eleven games, so he doesn't have as many at bats as everyone else. But I think he's he's a guy who's starting to move on up in terms of trend, if you will. Uh, so that's right. a guy certainly to look out for uh, catcher for those of you that are interested in, in looking up the the fantasy the fantasy aspect of it. But that's that's my pick. He has done pretty well uh, today. He went uh, three for one with a home run against the Cardinals. He only played in two games though, so that's something that I'd like to see start to turn around. But I was going to say I didn't think he was their starter, was he? Yeah, he's, I think, a platoon guy, but he's certainly playing well well for them. The National also, how does, how does someone go three for one? Or one for three, excuse me. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> Always there to keep me, in, keep, me in a, keep me in the loop. But he's had great – this week he's done pretty well. He played yeah. – or he only played a few times uh, this week. Only played once in that Cubs series, but he – He's doing pretty well for the top the opportunities they're giving him, and it's tough to pick in the NL because uh, a lot of those rookies that we want to see do really well, like the Dansby Swansons, the um, from Pittsburgh, the uh, Josh Bell's of the world, they're yeah. not performing out of this world. So a guy like Manny. I think is a good pick, even though he's not an everyday starter. I think he's trending upward and could probably win that job out of platoon, platoon spot. You want to hear mine? Yeah, let's hear it. Antonio Senzatella. Oh. Senzatella. Yeah, Colorado pitcher? Colorado Rockies pitcher. 22 years of age. Um, you know, 3-0. Uh, what? 3-0, I said. Yeah, he's doing really well. Four games, uh, through four games, he's got uh, two earned two ERA, two point ERA, seventeen strikeouts. Not bad. Um, you know, the Rockies have won every game that he started, so you know, let's say that's pretty good. And uh, you know, he done it, <laughs> done it uh, at home and on the road. Um, you know, just picked up the win against San Francisco, both on the road and at home this week. Um, so for me, that's it's him. Two wins in the week and uh, seven innings for both those starts, and uh, you know he's definitely for me my pick. Good NL NL rookie of the week. No, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. That yeah, pitching's been something of an interesting matter in terms of rookies. You got the the two guys in Colorado that have done well. Him and Freeland. Then you, then you, on the other side of it, you have all those dudes in Cincinnati who are starting to bloom. So it's certainly, it's nice to give to have to have one guy shining through, and so, right. you know, seeing that go down. Uh, uh, as we speak, uh, Max Scherzer is uh, 
Pitching into the eighth year against the Mets. That's a, it's not a bad bad play, but let's talk about another another pitcher from this week who might be missing a few starts. Probably about four to six weeks worth. Madison Bumgarner went dirt biking this week and uh, found himself a little hurt. A little hurt at the end of it. What do you think, Greg? So was this an off day? Was it was it an off day? Was it in the morning? Like, do we know the backstory? I do not know the full backstory. Um, yeah, but it's certainly not what you want to hear. Uh, you want you know, you want these guys having lives cool. outside of baseball, but <laughs> that's a tough a tough way to go down. I'd say. Yeah, no, and I you know. If I remember correctly, I forget who it was, but there was someone, I mean, obviously, most famously, Jay Williams, who uh, career ended via motorcycle, but, you know, I, I want to say there was someone who used to play for the Patriots, why I know the story, but they put in his contract, he couldn't play basketball or do, like, anything crazy in the offseason that would lead to a long-term injury like this, and uh, it'd be interesting to see you know, where do we go from here with him uh, and other teams that want to protect their star pitching and ace pitching uh, just because, you know, accidents do happen and you want a guy to live his life. But, you know, on the one hand, but on the other hand, the offseason literally just ended. So, you know, I can understand maybe June, July, I want to mix some things up because you've been doing the same routine for the last couple of months. But yeah. this is literally weeks after the offseason and you want to turn around and, and, Endanger not only yourself, but the season and the team. Yeah, it's not like you're at Adam Wainwright who got hurt batting. You're going dirt biking and just fall. You was it he hit he had a hit he hit a landing awkwardly, right? He like fell off the fence, something like that. <laughs> was it his backyard, I'm sure? It could, I would not be surprised, given what we know about Madison Bumgarner, that he has a motocross track in the backyard. <laughs> I mean, this 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 has got to be one of the more boneheaded things that we've seen or heard. Um, does it beat <laughs> jo- Does it beat Jabba Chamberlain on the trampoline with his kid? No, because a trampoline is more normal, you know, and 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 at least you have you're oh I'm with my kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're at least some quality parenting's there. Yeah, quality parenting. It does. It doesn't. But it doesn't really. You know, <laughs> we've heard Stranger Things, um, like good old uh, your boy there from the Bastards who slid down the stairs and hurt himself. That's what we've been told. There are some conspiracy theories out there that are some entertaining reads if you've not seen them. Good old Dustin Johnson, but uh, that's golf, not baseball. Um, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> there has to be. He's got to sign a new contract for the day he comes back. Uh, hey, listen, Madison. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> let's stay off the dirt bikes here for a little bit. We're gonna like in the episode of The Office where Dwight has all of his weapons confiscated. It'll be like <laughs> that with him, but just like axes and shit that's all over his backyard. I like it. But um, let's uh let's move on. So that's the the weekend review for week three of the Major League Baseball season. We, um, the Jar Billy Beans, because Greg isn't a huge, huge fantasy guy, we're gonna, gonna jump over that, but let's, uh, let's do some stadium snacks. Greg, you got anything that you've, uh, had a Jones for, anything you tried out 
if you've been to a game this year? I uh, have not been to a game, but uh, big thing sweeping Fenway is uh, this whole Dell's Lemonade nonsense. Uh, Ooh. Uh, had that. It's a, little, it's a little frozen slushy. Um, it's unbelievable, and, and with the how warm it's been in Boston recently, it's uh, certainly helped on those days where it's been hot and sticky in Fenway. Um, so frozen lemonade, it, it, it I want to say it's a slushy, but way uh, more icy. No, that's not the right word. Less, it doesn't feel like a slushy because it's like not as gross with the juice flavor and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's for those of you that are in the Philadelphia area, it's like water ice, but lemon water ice. Um, very good. Uh, we've had it before. Uh, your uncles brought it to our baseball games before, you know, seven years ago or longer than that, nine years. So however long it's been since I played high school baseball. Um, but and then, and then the other thing I was looking at because uh, I did I did want to bring something else to it non-Red Sox related, uh, Seattle, which you guys talked about a little bit, they had the dessert things with, uh, like the, they had those ice cream cones that like fruit loops on them and like random, random stuff attached to it. Um, which I thought, uh, obviously not the season for ice cream yet, but it's always ice cream time, Greg. I was in the dessert mode from Easter from a week ago. So I figured I'd stick with the desserts. (laughs) Well, you know, it's always ice cream time. Uh, you, to quote the office more, it's always time for ice cream, Greg. But we couldn't find any, so here's some sour cream and Fruit Loops. Um, but, but yeah, mine, uh, as promised, I mentioned I went to the Phillies game yesterday. I uh, got the, the featured hot dog of the month, right. the Jersey Shore dog. Yeah, and it's not – there's no Snooky. There's no – I don't remember any other characters from that show. Um, Jordy Cannell coming in with a social. Yeah. Social, huh? Who but, but there's – um comes with a little – I believe it's a beef hot dog with some pork roll on it. Greg, have you ever had pork roll before? Beef and pork mixing one, huh? It might be a pork hot dog, but – Regardless, it's a hot dog, so it's a lot of different things being mixed in there. Whatever they say the meat is is probably like 40% of it. Um, But, yeah, pork roll on top of it, and then I believe it comes with a beer cheese. I skipped that because I'm trying to lose some LBs for beach season. But uh, I still put on the barbecue sauce, so it wasn't that healthy. But um, it was pretty good. Uh, Wash that down. Full beer. We mentioned the Yingling sponsorship at Citizens Bank Park now, which Matt and I were both pretty happy about. We uh, we both went down, had a good time. Phillies won, of course. Uh, swept the Braves this week, which was pretty pretty big deal for us Philadelphians, Greg. Listen, I mean, I was – if anybody listened to the National League East preview, which uh, I would assume all of you have, uh, of the three people who predicted that day – I was the only one who had the Phillies uh, not in the basement. I had them sit in third in the division at the end of the year. And right now they're currently in third. So as uh, long as the Phillies stay where they're at, uh, I'll look like a genius yet again. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's long season. <laughs> I'd like to see it. They're ahead of the Mets, so I'm pretty happy there. They won a series in New York. 
for the first time in like a year, which is a big deal. Wow. Well, they're so also this like comes they, back, this they, comes back to the original question: Do the Mets are the Mets doomed without Bartolo? They might be. Bartolo's done well. He looked pretty good That's against the Phillies. Said. He looked good against the Phillies on Friday. Big sexy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You guys, you, you guys didn't, uh, he was, I, he, I throw his name out there all over the National League East uh, podcast there, and uh, he's looked great, and like you said, uh, you know, the Mets have not without him. Yeah, he, um, he's looked good. We actually, we had some friends over on Friday, and our one friend doesn't know anything about baseball, doesn't know anything about sports. And, but she's watching this. She's watching this game as he's as Bartolo's pitching. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like this fat man just pitching. We're like, Whoa. it's big sexy. It's big sexy. She's like, who? Who is this? So we had wow. to explain that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Braves. You know, they're um, they need to step it up if they want to get out of out of fifth place. So, but I think. So did I get this right? The first game you went. Two of the year you went with Maddie. No, no, no. The first game I went to this year was two weeks ago. It was Dollar Dog Night against the Mets, and Jay Bruce hit know. not one but two home runs. I went with my buddy Joe Sally. So you've been to two Phillies games this year. I have. You didn't go once with your girlfriend. Is oh. that correct? No, uh, Emily was there last night along with Maddie D's girl. So we both. Uh, we both at least stuck with our predictions of who we'd go to a game with. But you went with each other, so... Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, it's, it's just funny. The first time I went to a game, it wasn't with uh, Emily, but... Well, the first know, time I went to a game, she had a Sixers game to go to. She has season tickets because she, you know, she's a big basketball fan. And it was fan appreciation night, so she did that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, um, I get what you're yeah, saying. So, so, so I think we need to get some. Uh, you didn't ask Stevie G the question. Yeah. But, uh, but he'll, he'll be back on the pod, so you can ask him eventually. But I think you need to uh, start asking around and uh, get some celebrity guests on here, so we can hear their answers. Yeah, that'd be nice. We do. That's right. We didn't ask Stevie G his his thought. We we need that. We um. Yeah, we need his opinion there, but next time, next time. Right now we're at we're at two thirds, one third. So I mean, it's it's mixing around. We're mixing it up. <laughs> Let's do it. Moving on. But yeah, but um, moving on to Phillies talk. Yeah, let's do a little Phillies talk. So they won, they swept the Braves this weekend. One, two, three from the Mets. I think they look pretty good, Greg. I think they're they're looking pretty well. Cesar Hernandez has been on a tear. Uh, Freddie Galvis has been up and down. The two guys that, that you and Stevie didn't even talk about, Odubel Herrera and Michael Franco, probably the two MVPs of the weekend. Odubel Herrera got a little flack from uh, the one angry white guy on CSN Philly for doing his patented bat flip, as he does literally after every hit bat. But he did one when he hit a home run today. It was uh, It was pretty great. But Michael Franco, good weekend. He's starting to pick it up. Had the walk-off two-run single last night with the bases loaded in the tenth inning, and I think um, I mean Cesar Cesar Hernandez. Cesar, he has to be the uh, season MVP so far, no? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Helixons look pretty good. 
on the mound, but I think uh, Cesar has been far and away the MVP of the season uh, for the Phils. He's really good in the – question. Yeah. What do you think of Daniel Nava? I think he's done well. He's a good presence in the locker room, I think. They constantly talk about whenever he's playing, because he's basically just a platoon guy in right field um, or in left field, because they're really their corner outfield is just dudes that are there with because Mike Michael Saunders is there, but uh, Howie Kendrick's on the DL right now. But they're basically just rotating guys through until they can get the youth up, the, the younger outfielders. But Nava, they keep talking about on the broadcast whenever he's in about. Your 2013 Red Sox and his experiences with that team, and it sounds like he's trying to bring it to the locker room. Yeah, I mean he's he, he's a great guy. He's a great presence. Um, he was a similar role with the Red Sox. Obviously, less chance to play in the American League than the National League, but um, you know he definitely, or at least you get at bats, I should say. Um, definitely good character guy. Definitely good leader and. Uh, you know, he's definitely. It looks like he's played a lot more recently. Um, yeah. You know, last last seven games, it looks like he's been in there quite a bit. Yeah, part of that's with Kendrick going out. Uh, I believe he went on the DL Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So Nava's played a little bit. They've also randomly brought in Brock Stassi, who was mm. that guy who got went viral for being the guy that teared up when he got called up or got told he made the team. Yeah, uh, he's played a little left field. He's a first baseman naturally, so he's had a few spot starts at first. I actually saw his yes. first his first hit, which was a bomb, and uh, against the Mets when they, the Phillies almost completed a comeback. But well, I was gonna say he doesn't really look like he uh, has a good average batting average to start the year. But uh, who Stassi? Yeah, I'm pumped you got to see his uh, yeah, major he, league uh, debut home run. I think he has three hits. Last night was his third hit in however many ABs. Um, fourth hit. His fourth fourth hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool to see he got close in those two Red Sox game or not Red Sox. Uh, those two Mets the that Mets game we went to the first couple ABs. He had the bases loaded and just had one that. He hit right into double play coverage. Uh, Might have been a single had had they been in just non-double play coverage. Another one where he pulled one foul that went into the second deck, and then he struck out, and then that ninth inning home run, which was his first major league hit. But, I mean, it's a fun team to watch, and that pitching staff is starting to get it together. They moved Jen Marcones out of the closer spot, which I think has been huge. That was something I've been calling for for a while. Joaquin yeah, I heard, that, I heard that on the last podcast, too. I was going to ask you about that. What, um, yeah, what was the holdup? Why, why were they going to do that? Why did they put the, put the guy who failed in that position last year, why they put him back into that position this year? I don't know, actually. I think it was they gave both him and Hector Neres the opportunities in spring training. Neres is a guy who, who throws a lot of gas, and I don't know if they want – to put him in a setup position because they're kind of now that they've officially taken Jenmar out of the closer spot, which they did last September, they've been moving. They put Benoit in for one save opportunity. They put Neeris in for another. Last night, neither of them made an appearance because they pitched. They both pitched on Friday, so it's. I think they're just sort of going by trial, by trial and error, until they yeah. figure out a eight nine. Um, duo that works out well 
But the I think they're at least everybody seems to be getting along and, and getting it together and the starting pitching's done pretty well. So I think it's uh I think they're on the right track. How old is uh this help I think Jeremy. he's twenty eight. He's not that old, but he's older than the rest of the staff. I was gonna say because um, if they have him for a while, you know he's obviously doing decently this year to start. Um, you know, in terms of their starting pitcher. But uh, would he? Would you say? I mean, who would you say is going to be the end of the season? Philly's number one pitcher. I think it's going to be Eikhoff. Yeah. Yeah. Eikhoff is. He, along with Helix Center, are workhorses. They pitched by far the most innings. Both stayed healthy last year, which That's was good. part of where you saw the Phillies really fall off in, at the late stages. But also, they're just young arms that they, some of which they decided to shut down. But I think Eikhoff is is pretty young. Helix and I think they might eventually move as they start to try to make some space for the younger guys. Uh, but Eikhoff is a guy I think they're they're pretty firmly invested in. What about Aaron Nola? I know he did a rough outing last time out, but he started out the year pretty good, correct? Yeah, he's been – the weird thing is he actually got the win on uh, on Thursday against the Mets, but he <laughs> – Really? Yeah, that was a weird game because the Phillies – Phillies somehow scored a bunch of runs on Noah Syndergaard, but Nola still let up like four or five runs. Or no, no, maybe yeah, five runs. They won six four. Um, but he let up. I think he let up all four of them. All four yeah, of those he did, runs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. He's getting. What were you saying? No, I was just gonna say I did all my Phil. I did. I did my Phillies research. Oh, uh, uh, I appreciate that. But he, um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's gotten shelled a little bit, and. He was a guy that when he first came up was supposed to be really good, and now that he's not doing so well, everybody's throwing their hands up wondering, is he going to be a 3-4 starter? Could he push to be a 2? But I think the consensus is that he won't be an ace, unfortunately, because he was so highly touted when he first came up. Yeah, which is unfortunate, He's so young, though. I feel like he could definitely... He can still improve, certainly. I I don't want to give up on him right away, but I think he can certainly do well. I mean, now that Clay Buckholz is out of the out of the clubhouse for a little bit, I think uh, that'll... <laughs> that'll <laughs> yeah, what have uh, your thoughts been on, on Buckholz? Because you and I talked about this a little bit when the trade happened, and you were very optimistic for the Red Sox's health. <laughs> Five innings, um, which was uh, gave up four runs in five innings, which is yep. a classic buckhold start. And then uh, <laughs> the second outing against those good old New York Mets. Was that the outing he got hurt in, or was that the outing that he did terribly and then they said he was hurt after the game? Uh, I think it was the outing they said that he did terribly and said he was hurt after the game. But they were both right. the same, so they, I think. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the second outing twice. against the Mets, he only went he only went two two uh, two point one innings. So. Two and a third innings there. Uh, in the second start, giving up six runs in, in two and a third. And uh, that's just classic Buckholz. Um, you know, he's always been a guy that he's so, his debut with the Red Sox came out and pitched a no-hitter. 
he got a spot start because they ran out the night before, and you know how they bring up guys to pitch in the morning, and then they have a, their starter go again that night. Yeah. Um, you know how that normally works. So they called him up for that day game, pitched a no-hitter and a doubleheader, uh, and then the Red Sox actually ended up winning again the next game. But the point was that, you know, everyone had such high hope for him. He was doing the, you know, young guy, rookie, pitched a no-hitter in his debut, and then blah, 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 you know, injury bug hits him, and uh, in and out with shoulder soreness and all that nonsense. But, you know, he's a guy that I think everyone gets down on. He's one of those guys that his numbers are always sneaky in terms of he has a couple of these outings that he gets absolutely shelled in, that he has a huge ERA, and then he'll have random outings where he'll go six and he'll have, you know give up one run, or he'll go seven and give up yeah. two runs. So he's a he's a very streaky pitcher, and he's definitely uh, a big momentum guy. How the first inning goes is going to dictate how, how the rest of his his uh, time goes. But he's also a guy that pitches a million pitches in the first two innings. Like yeah, you know, he'd be lucky if he if he got out of the first two innings with thirty pitches, or if not forty. Um, you know that's a, that's a that's a, for him that's a good start. Um, you know I remember watching a Red Sox game where he pitched sixty pitches through two innings and, uh, you know, somehow only giving up one run, you know, figure that one out for me. So Jesus, <laughs> I loves he loves walking people. Um, obviously this year, not as much since he's only pitched him seven innings, but, um, I personally am a fan of his, uh, but I think for him, it's, uh, you know, 32 years old, it might be time for him to Call consider quit. a change, maybe move to the bullpen, like a good old, uh, Joe Kelly, but uh, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, with the Phillies bullpen, you never know. You do not. That is for sure. <laughs> but yeah, the Phillies. The that, Phillies this that's week. That's not Philly talking, but give me a closing statement. Give me a closing statement on the Phillies, and we can move on here. Well, I was just going to say this week they play the Marlins and the Dodgers. Uh, I believe Marlins are at home. For those of you in the Philadelphia area, you wear uh, Eagles gear. You get in for fourteen bucks. The select areas because of the NFL draft in Philadelphia. So uh, they're going are down. They are they paying you for these promos? No, they're not. But uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, uh, it works out. But but um, yeah, I mean, let's uh, yeah. But you're right. Let's move on before we uh, close close things out and look at the next week. We got some bleacher creatures, I believe. I have one. Have you? You got a bleacher creature for me? You start. You're always. Uh, I enjoy your bleacher creatures. Do you? That's good. Yes. But uh, mine is is quite literally a bleacher creature. A little college baseball action for you in a Florida Gators game. Have you seen this, Greg? No. All right. So it's a little. Imagine this. A little pop up above the above the first base dugout. There's a. a Fly ball coming in. It looks like it's going to come hit a little kid. And the Gator mascot is sitting right next to this kid. And as you imagine, the Gator with the long mouth just turns, puts the mouth, you know, puts this mascot head above the kid, hits the Gator square on the nose, and bounces off him. A literal bleacher creature saving the day. So... Let me if, let me see if I follow the story correctly. 
Yeah. I'm not going into the stands. No, no, no. Foul a, ball pops sorry. up. And there's a there's a uh, a person in a mascot costume. Yes. And no, this person no, no, no. sees the mascot sees the ball in the air and dies in front of a little kid in a heroic effort, or did the ball happen to land on the uh, mascot instead of the kid? No, the mascot. He didn't dive on him, but he like shielded the little kid, and it would have hit wow. the kid. It would have hit the kid on the head. It bounced off the mascots. You know how like alligators have a long nose. Yeah. Um, it would have hit off the nose, or it would have hit off the little kid's head, but it hit off this long nose that he used to help shield the kid. Right. Yeah. So he saved the day. A literal bleacher creature saved the day. Wow. Yeah. Gotta give credit where credit's due, Greg. Big fan of that one. I am indeed. <laughs> you got one for me? I like that. Um, no, I mean, I definitely don't. Uh, um, uh, there was that. There was that. Um, who was who hit that home run that someone reached over the stands and caught it, and they called it. Uh, it was a home run, but they called it a double. I didn't see this. Oh, sorry, this is terrible. Um, a bad radio for you. Yeah, seriously. But um, so this this obviously fan. I want to say it was the Yankees. Um, of course, yeah, it's a I Yankee want to say it was the Yankees. And <laughs> this guy reaches over, um, you know, catches a home run. But he didn't reach. It was definitely a home run. Like he was behind the wall. He was front rowing in center field, behind the wall. You know, he his glove reached out, his, hits the guy's glove. One of those classic fans hits the glove. He closes his glove after the ball has already left. Yeah. Um. You know, unlike you know, you're not you're taught to use two hands to catch it. He only uses one. Pops out back onto the field. They review it. They go to the video review and and they determine on the field like they gave him a double. So they determined. You know, not enough evidence to overturn it, but, um, you know, just just goes back to the age-old thing. Unless you know for 100% you're going to get it, uh, and and it's the home team at bat, go ahead and uh, let that one go over the wall so, you're, so, your, so your team can get the uh, the good old uh, home run there, right? Yeah, you, always, you never want to give the advantage to the, to the other team. So it was. I was correct. It was Aaron Judge. Was Aaron Judge home Yeah. So Aaron Judge, um, it actually turned out to be a triple because he was running hard and, and the guys didn't call it. But a fan literally reached over. You know, they have a big giant, like, uh, ground scoreboard like the Nationals have uh, kind of thing out there. I want to say right field they have. But um, a guy, like the padding, he's above the padding. It hits his glove and it goes back onto the field of play. And they just, you know, they review it, and it 100% should have been a home run. It was, it was clearly over the, over the wall, but because they hit the fan's glove and went back into play, they just called it a triple. Ah. Uh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, if it's your home team and they're up back, go ahead and let that one go over the fence. Uh, and if not, if it's a losing team, then I'm all for keeping it in the ballpark. Yeah, swat it in. Swat it in. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's uh, quite the. I knew I, I knew I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. No, that's quite the bleacher creature. Always, uh, always appreciate it. And if you have any 
stadium stacks, beers that you want us to talk about, any bleacher creatures, don't be afraid to uh, DM it to us, tweet it at us, Thunderblig, uh, Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, Facebook, Thunderblog Sports, send it over, and we will talk about it, or at least try to mention it. But let's uh, let's look at the next week ahead. We uh, like to pick a series during the week, a series on the weekend to look at. Um, as we're finishing this up, the Nationals just beat the Mets 6-3. So, you know, poor Mets. Nationals seven in a row. But, Greg, this upcoming week, series I want to look at during the week is going to be the – L.A. Dodgers in San Francisco. Both teams, like you wanted to talk a little smack on me about, aren't doing that well. But it's it's always fun to watch the West Coast Yankees Red Sox play each other. Yeah, no, and that's definitely a uh, definitely a good series to look at. Um, you know, like you mentioned, not a not a not a must win or critical, but. Certainly a two out of three against a rival is a good way to get the season either back on track or <clears throat> get things going. Uh, for sure. Do you have, yeah. one, you have one you want to look out for during the week? I mean, <laughs> recency bias. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, Red Sox. The first um, trip. The first, first trip, trip to Fenway. Yeah, and, uh, you know, their young talent versus, versus the Yankees' young talent versus the Red Sox' young talent. That Severino-Porcello uh, matchup on Tuesday is fun. That's yeah, a fun pitching matchup. certainly is. It's certainly <laughs> – I'm excited for it. Um, and, you know, the, the other one that I was looking at, um, which, you know, you can uh, – you can agree or disagree for this, but Houston and Cleveland. Yeah, that's big. During the week here. Uh, Keuchel is uh, pitching for Houston, um, and uh, in he's in Cleveland, so that'll be that'll be a good matchup. I think that's, uh, I want to say, Tuesday night. So yeah. look out for that. That's my that's my other one that's not a red selection. I think you can buy us would be Cleveland and Houston. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about picking that, but I wanted to save their weekend series. As my pick for that for the weekend, uh, Seattle comes to Cleveland. I know Seattle hasn't done very well to start the year, but they are they have the potential to give the the Indians a little bit of trouble. Um, I think that Carrasco start on Friday night is going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm looking now to see if if the big the big boy is pitching and he is on Sunday. Uh, Felix Hernandez pitches against Josh Tomlin. That'll be fun to watch. I picked that also because I think I know what your weekend series is going to be. But I'll let you have at it. So originally, um, you know, I wanted to, because I had the midweek one with the Red Sox, I wanted to veer away from them. Oh. Um, and I was going to choose Washington and the Mets. Um, but, you know, they played this weekend. Um, and, you know, kind of boring they play back-to-back weekends so um the next the other thing that i was looking at um was colorado and arizona yeah that's not bad at all certainly outplaying their depth right now and certainly uh having great starts this season uh playing in arizona which as we talked about earlier in the show that arizona 
is killing it at home and a good challenge for Colorado to see what they got, especially because they play Washington for four games in a row uh, leading into Arizona. So, um, you know, I think this is a big week for Colorado in general, but um, obviously Red Sox-Cubs would be what I'm going to choose, but a good close second for me would be Arizona-Colorado just to see what both those teams got. Uh, And then moving forward into the Cubs-Red Sox, you know, I think it's the first time the Cubs have been to Red uh, Fenway in a while. So, um, you know, John Lackey gets the pitch in uh, Fenway. And uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, uh, let me see if I can pull it up quickly, but um, I'm hoping that Lester will get a pitch as well. Doesn't look like he is. No. But the point is that, um, Arietta, is going to be there. Lackey, you know, former Red Sox. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one, and hopefully the Red two, Sox bring it. Two nationally televised games: Friday and MLB Network, Sunday night on ESPN. Yeah. So you know, I mean, the nation will have its eyes on Fenway Park. I'm uh, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, this tickets have been sold out for a while, as you can imagine, um, but. I'm sure that there's, I'm sure you can find them somewhere. Um, but Red Sox, Cubs would be my first choice, and then Rockies, Arizona, just because as we talked about, the matchup is yeah. definitely going to be something of this, those two teams that are scorching hot right now. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch. Depending on how the, the A's do this upcoming week, that matchup in Houston will be fun to keep an eye out on as well. But uh, quickly before we wrap things up, Greg, what have your thoughts been? Because you had a uh, Double exposure, or exposure, I should guess, on both sides, the, N- the NHL and, ML- and NBA playoffs. What are your thoughts on these first-round matchups as they've been boiling out? Which one do you want to start with? Which league? Let's do NBA, because that's, for whatever reason, still in the middle of the first round. <laughs> well, the NBA always takes forever. They yeah. always have, like, seven games in between all their games. But, um, yeah, so the NBA... Uh, you know, Cleveland swept. Um, not really surprised there. Um, <laughs> it's a tough. I mean, Golden State is on the verge of sweeping, right? They're up three games to zero, but yeah. um, no there's been some. There's been some unbelievable series. I mean, Memphis and San Antonio has been a huge surprise, two and two. Uh, the Celtics in Chicago, the big surprise, two and two. But um, obviously. Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics' big, uh, their only star, I should say. His sister died the day before game one in a car accident, so he certainly has not been mentally yeah. in the mix of things for them, which is, I mean, I was surprised he was playing that first game the day after, but um, Cleveland swept. They're the only team that's moved on. Um, I personally have been a fan of this Houston over Oklahoma City. Uh, matchup, obviously, Houston is... It's up big. Yeah, they made it look easy. Um, obviously, it was close today, but, um, you know, anytime you get Russ Westbrook and James Harden go at it, it would always be a good thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you, if they had kept all those guys in Oklahoma City, you know, and they had a Baca, you know, just how good Oklahoma City could have been. Um, you know, Durant wanted to join a super team to win a title, but if they had kept Harden and and uh, Westbrook and Abaka, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, for sure. There's a, uh, a funny meme that's out that shows a picture of the three of them, uh, Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, 
say, kids 20 years from now are going to think this thing's photoshopped. <laughs> I, That's funny. I think it's hysterical. But yeah, it's been it's been entertaining to watch. Obviously, not having a horse in it for a very long time has given me a very unbiased view of the NBA playoffs. But it's, it's certainly fun to watch. Uh, I got Clippers Utah up now that both the NHL playoffs and the Sunday Night Baseball are over. This is a this is a weird series because Blake Griffin got hurt. Um, but Utah's a team. I mean, they're not really a threat to win at all, but they're a fun team to watch. But I think that Celtics team, it's good for them. They they nodded it up. Um, it's a fun story to see Chicago win those first two games. But I think it's Celtics are back in the driver's seat. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and. Going home, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Isaiah Thomas tonight even said that he's not mentally there, so yeah. I'm not sure. You know, whether or not they win this series, I'm not sure they're going to. I mean, it's hard to play with those circumstances, so I'm not sure how far they're going to go because he is their team. But, um, you know, the NBA, you know, it was like LeBron and, and the Cavs coming back the other day from being down. 26 um, points. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the NBA doesn't start until the fourth quarter, and you'd think the regular se- you think the players would be different in the regular season, but you know, it, it for the first round at least, it certainly is not doesn't look that way. Um, but it's uh, there the teams. I mean, the San Antonio series in Memphis, um, that's the biggest shock to me. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, yeah, it's a uh, Kawhi puts up a huge night, but they still lose. Let's uh, let's move over to the NHL. I know you had an unfortunate loss today, but like I said before the show started, it, it could be worse. It could be the Blackhawks. Yeah, so um, the second round is set 100%. Every, yep. You know, all the matchups are set. Um, big surprise, huge surprise. The Blackhawks not only losing, but getting swept. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see, you know, pretty much every every series in the Western Conference was, a, you know, four. Predators won four zero. The Blues won four to one. Anaheim won four zero, and the Oilers won four to two. So pretty much every series in the West was an absolute, you know, Blow. four games, pretty dominant by one team. But overall, the NHL playoffs so far has been a ton of overtime games. A ton of one goal games, a ton of games that came down late close. Um, it's what it you just want. goes to show you. Sorry. Well, I was saying it's what you want, and yeah, yeah, and it just goes to show you how how much parity right now is in the NHL, and how I mean these young guys are so talented. I mean, moving away from Chicago, um, you know, you look at what Toronto is able to do with their young talent, pushing the Capitals who had. Again, the standout back back to back seasons of standout years. Um, too little, they're a little nervous. Not gonna lie, um, the Capitals that was you know being pushed by that young team, and then obviously McDavid bringing his team Edmonton Oilers past the Sharks and Big Jumbo Joe, which I personally did not have. No, I didn't um, either. But for those who don't know, we'll quickly. Sorry, for those who don't know, I'll quickly just say what the matchups are for the second round, and then we can go ahead and go back to stories or. Pick from there, right? Yeah. So Western Conference is Nashville and St. Louis, and then the other semifinal for the West would be uh, Anaheim and Edmonton. Yep. And 
the Rangers and Senators would be on the Eastern Conference now, and then the other one is Capitals Penguins. So for you, Jordy, what stands out there? What are you, what are you most looking for? Or two? I'd pro- I'm going to go division bias and say Capitals Penguins. I mean, this playoff format has almost been, it seems, designed to try to force more playoff matchups between Crosby and Ovechkin, but this is only the second time now in four years, so at least you're batting 500 on that, that you're getting the Ovechkin-Crosby matchup. But that's going to be fun. I mean, the the Capitals look like, at least before this Toronto series, that they this was the team that could possibly get over the, the, the hump that has been the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, it, it almost seemed like for years – you always hear about how Jordan needed the rest of that team to get past those bad boy Pistons. It seemed like he finally got those players that were his Dennis Rodman, his Scottie Pippen, his Steve Kerr. It seemed like he finally put together that collection of characters. And if they can do it, I think this is the time. I think Latang being out for the Penguins is a big deal. It didn't seem to be that way against Columbus, which I was – I thought that series was going to go a little further. I had the, the Blue Jackets actually winning that series in seven. Uh, but I think that's going to be a fun series. It's hopefully going to be a little more exciting. I just The one thing that concerns me is that the Penguins got done so quickly that they're going to be rested up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that, that can go either way. I mean, some teams come out flying. Some teams come out with too much energy if they've been sitting for a while. That's true. Um, and other teams, you know, and at the same time, you know, that was also – just a battle, force it out for them. But um, you're right that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Washington series is going to be, yeah, that's what people were hoping for, that's what people wanted. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you know <laughs> Pittsburgh is one of those teams where they've been there before. They have all the talent in the world on up front, um, and they have two goalies who are. You know, quite frankly, both of them have done. Have both of them have won cups? Both of them have have had deep runs. Obviously, uh, Flurry's playing right now, but um, you know, it's it's every. I don't want to say every Stanley Cup team, but most Stanley Cup champion teams uh, have an unreal stud defenseman who helps lead the team. Um, and without one this year, like you, you mentioned, Latang being out, uh, I'm not sure that Pittsburgh can get it done all the way, but this next series certainly will put them to the test because they, uh, Washington has the offensive power and, you know, horses to match up there with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Uh, so. Another matchup that I really uh, am looking forward to is the Predators Blues, um, simply because St. Louis is a team that traded away Shattenkirk, traded away Oshie, traded, uh, they, they lost back. It's like, you know, they lost a lot of guys, but, you know, had a, still had a great year, beat up on the Wild, who had a great regular season. And uh, Nashville, you know, with all their trades and, and, you know, everything that they got, getting rid of Weber and, and uh, you know. Subban. That, yeah, picking up Malcolm Subban is a huge. Malcolm. Sorry, Malcolm is the kid on the Bruins. <laughs> the no. goalie on the Bruins. Um, P.K. Subban. I think that's, uh, you know, going to be a good series. But, you know, they both those teams, I think, win the award for the ugliest uniforms left in the <laughs> in the playoffs. Who are the Preds and the, the Blues? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. What do you think about the all-yellow 
Predator uniforms, including the helmets. Yeah, those are a little... I mean, they're they're better than those uniforms they used to have that were even, a, like, more honey mustard or brown mustard shade of yellow. Remember those with, like, the weird three-quarter Predator that looked like it was about to take a bite out of somebody? Uh, yeah. That they had, like, ten yeah. years ago? They're better than those. <laughs> The pick on the side is pretty cool with the three stars, the guitar pick on their shoulder. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. I um the one on the west I'm most excited to see is the Edmonton Anaheim series. That's gonna be electric. Think? Yeah, I think so. I think the it. I wasn't necessarily too bullish that the the Ducks could. I thought they were gonna win. I didn't think they'd sweep them. But if they can keep this going and, and Edmonton gets it done, this could be in a seven-game classic. Every game, every goal is decided, or every game is decided by a goal. Um, and I also don't think that Anaheim has the guns to have a seven-zero win like the Sharks did. <laughs> what was it, Game Three that the Sharks won seven-zero? Right. But that that'll I mean, be exciting. It's tough because Anaheim they have. I mean. Getzlav at this time of year is just one of the best players, you know, ever uh, in the terms of the playoff. Not ever, but one of the best players in the league right now in terms of playoff hockey. But um, you know, Edmonton and, and Anaheim, they're so they're, it's just so much upfront forward talent that um, you know it, it's going to be a fun back and forth series and so much speed. Like you mentioned, back and forth speed on the ice is. You know, both those teams are fast. They like to get out in transition and have little odd man rushes. I, I mean, I think it's going to be five to four every game. You know, it's going to be yeah, yeah, definitely boring, which everyone wants to see. Um, Take the over on all all these games. Yeah, and the last series, obviously, we have to talk about just because we talked about three out of four. But yeah, um, Rangers, Rangers Ottawa. Yeah, Rangers Ottawa. I'll give a quick take, and then you can give your opinion. But um, Ottawa, you know. They certainly have. They have Carlson, who's nasty defenseman there for them. Um, but I'm not sure that they have the offensive firepower, the forward power that uh, can really keep up with anybody, any of the, you know, any of the teams left. Um, especially not the New York Rangers, who Henrik Lundqvist finally, towards the end of that series there with the with the Canadians, started to look like Henrik of old and had an unbelievable end of that series and and uh i think the rangers will take care of business with ottawa there and um the rangers really lucked out because if they if they ended up in the second wild card spot they would have had to play washington in the first round and if they, they had won they would have had to play pittsburgh but in in return they got the first wild card spot and now get to face ottawa in the second round so they certainly have an easier road of an easier go of it which I uh, definitely want to, if Stevie G listens, definitely want to remind him that's an easy road. But I guess they never ask how you got there. They just ask if you got there or not, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think the the format of the NHL playoffs gave the the Rangers a big leg up. Um, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. If you just stacked up every single offensive threat that the Rangers versus the Senators have, that list gets so much longer for the Rangers, and that's the that's the thing you want is that if one guy can't get it done another night, it's this guy. If it's you know the same thing on defense, I think the d- defenseman outside of Carlson 
the Rangers have a little bit deeper of a run. Um, but I think the goalie, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit. Defense defense wins championships with a hot goalie. Henrik Lundqvist looks like he's turning it on at the right time. I think this might be the most lock of a series, lock it up, uh, that the Rangers move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. But Whoa, Jordy! I think yeah. so, man. I mean, I think the other series, each one of those other three series is between a Washington-Pittsburgh where it's the best all-around two teams coming against each other versus the West, it's two defensive teams versus in one series of Nashville, St. Louis versus two offensive speedy teams for Anaheim and Edmonton. I just think this one is such a mismatch. I still am shocked that your Bruins couldn't get it done. Uh, I just think I think the Rangers got this. Well, I mean, I mean, I didn't want to touch on it, but we can certainly touch on it. But the Bruins, you know, they three of their six defensemen that played uh, virtually every day. Yeah, they had a lot of injuries, right? Yeah, got hurt throughout the got hurt either right before the playoffs or in the first game. Uh, and then, you know, so they had they had four or five guys that made their NHL debut, let alone playoff debut on defense. I mean, uh, both defense and offense. And then David Krejci, who was their assistant captain, second best center on the team, um, second power play unit behind obviously Bergeron's first, but he went down hard with a knee injury and uh, missed a couple games before that. So they're. You know, they're injured. They don't really have the offensive firepower, but all in all, the future is bright. They have a lot of young talent who played a lot and did a lot of great things uh, in this series. So hopefully next year, you know, because the window's closing for the Bruins. Uh, you know, Marchand had a great year, but Bergeron getting older. Char is close to hanging him up. Uh, you know, Tuca. Obviously. Yeah, my boy Tuca is, uh, I mean, they're still young, but, you know, how you know how old is too old with all the speed that's going around the NHL now with McDavid and, and all those guys. So, um, but you know, I'm excited. I think uh, there was the first time the Bruins were in the playoffs in two or three years, so it's good to get the see to see Boston all jazzed up again because it's definitely a hockey town and definitely uh, you know, well, the Patriots winning is awesome and everyone loves it. Uh, we'll defend the Patriots till the end of time. Boston is true and true, a hockey town, and uh, the hub of hockey, as they call it. Yeah, New England, uh, if I, you know, speaking as a uh, someone else who went to school in New England, New England is, they through and through love hockey. Football's pretty big up there, but hockey, I mean, you have a got, you have a tournament that every single year is the focus of the city for their college teams. So I think uh, it's good to have. <laughs> It's good to have their pro team back in the playoff mix, but we're uh, we're running out of time here, so let's let's wrap things up because you and I could go forever on anything in the sports world. But Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun, uh, both talking about baseball, hockey, basketball, and that quick golf mention. And uh, but we, uh, yeah, I'm hey, sure. Listen, quick golf mention. Uh Sergio Garcia got to do like uh, the first kick at uh, the El Clasico today between Madrid and Barcelona. Oh, yeah. And Rory McIlroy had a had his lavish Irish castle wedding. wedding this weekend as well. So there's our talking golf. Um, <laughs> but yeah, listen, pretty, uh, it's a pleasure being on here. 
or should I call you by your stage name, G-Man? It's a pleasure being on here. Um, you know, the pod's great for those who aren't regular subscribers. I think you should definitely give it a listen every week. Uh, I certainly do. It's part of my rotation, and I listen to it uh, while sitting at the old cubicle. Um, and uh, easy, to, easy to find in iTunes. I don't know how many subscribers you have, but I'm definitely one of them. And uh, this is a ton of fun. You're super, super knowledgeable. You make it easy. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you, and I appreciate you letting me on. Oh, dude, of course. And we'll certainly have you on soon again, uh, you and Stevie G. Uh, but appreciate it, and I appreciate everybody listening in. And like Greg said, please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends if they are looking for a baseball podcast. We try to keep it as unbiased as possible. Of course, Greg and I are a little passionate on both of our ends, but that's why we keep each other in check. But Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, give us any feedback that you have. And if you have any stadium snacks, beers, or bleacher creatures you want to send in, find us on social media, send it over. But that'll do it for us for episode nine of the bullpen cart. This is the G-Man signing out. Have a good one, everyone.